Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one and only Joshua Tim. What's up, team? And of course, Mrs. Elena Haas. Hey, guys. And we are talking about a timeless question, if you will. And what is that, Josh? Yes, it is. Is the Bible relevant today and can it be trusted? Is the Bible relevant today and can it be trusted? Elena, why don't you give us a soundbite answer on that one? <laughs> and back to you. <laughs> yes, strong. it is relevant today. It is the living word of God. It is sharper than any two-edged sword able to pierce through bone and marrow. The Bible says that it is uh, the thing that God has given us to be fully equipped for every good work. We're going to unpack that because there's a lot of things that people, when they think about the Bible, they don't always uh, think about and they don't think about it rightly, if you will. And so um, we're just going to unpack for the next 20 minutes some uh, ways to think about it, how the New Testament and Old Testament differ from one another, what parts um, are both still helpful and should be included in a part of the Christian understanding, but are not, we're not underneath the law, we're told in Galatians anymore. So there's a lot of the Old Testament that we're not underneath in order to have a relationship with God, but God has given us things. Uh, so let's unpack whatever would be helpful. Okay. I think let's start there. Let's just start between, let's, what is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Um, Pre-Jesus and post-Jesus. Okay. I mean, literally everything that's Old Testament is before Jesus came. Josh, this is Bible 101. I know. And I'm, and I, and I'm, <laughs> you and I'm like Do you leaning in. Oh, I thought you were going to church. You don't know what the difference Josh, you is. Don't know. Hashtag you the pre-Jesus, post-Jesus. <laughs> Asking for a friend, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so the Old Testament is uh, everything that predates the life of Jesus. The New Testament are the instructions that were written by the apostles and the disciples, the people who like hung closest with Jesus and were given to the New Testament churches. So the Old Testament were was written. Um, by a number of different authors. The um, 39 books of the Old Testament were written by, uh, oh man, is it 27? Just the different authors that are a part of it. And they were written uh, primarily through either a prophet that God would raise up and say, I'm going to speak to the nation, write this stuff down, or through Moses, who gave us the first five books of the Bible, some of the Psalms, through the Kings, and God would uh, just divinely inspire someone to write on his behalf, and those things were included. So that's kind of the Old Testament. The New Testament was written uh, by the apostles, or the apostles is just the word for the people who had a, a direct relationship with Jesus that he said, or the Spirit of God had them write and give these instructions to what it looks like to live out this new Christian faith. And so that would be the high-level distinction between the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's good. That's good. I, I want to know a little bit, how do we know that it's reliable, if that's the case? How do we know that the Bible is reliable for all those things if it was written so long ago by so many different people? Yeah. How, do you, how do we know that it's reliable? Actually, can I take it back one? Oh. Sure. How do we know those people wrote it? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, we've done more messages on this than we'll have time to beyond today, but... Um, but to answer both of those, I would encourage you to go check out a couple of resources. One is this past summer we did in asking for a friend, an entire message on, hey, is the Bible trustworthy or can you trust the Bible? And it's, we talked about how it was producted or its production, its preservation, like how it was preserved over time. How do we know? Um, its production, its preservation. We talked about its uh how it was proven historically accurate and how uh, just God has preserved it over time. So I'd encourage you to go check out Asking for a Friend, Can You Trust the Bible? So your question is, how do we know that those people wrote it? Yeah, how do we know Moses wrote Genesis? 
Um, I would say at some level by faith. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me say why okay. we do. Um, so let's start with the Old Testament. Yeah. Why do we believe that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said he did. What, like in other when words, did he say it? If Je- uh, when, uh, when he talks about, hey, the law and the prophets, Moses mm-hmm. has been talking about these things, that Moses gave you the laws around divorce, that he over and over indicated Moses gave these instructions, and then he would quote from chapters inside of the Old and New Testament that that was written. And so the reason why we accept and believe, now this is going to sound crazy, so everybody buckle up, stay with me. Okay. The reason right. we here. accept the Old Testament and the reason why we hold on to that and include it in our Bible is not because we're Jewish, it's because of Jesus. Because Jesus said that was the word of God. And Jesus said that he believed things like Jonah was a real person. He believed that Abraham really did exist and almost sacrificed his son. That Jesus over and over indicates that Jesus believed and said these things were true. And as we've said before, and it's oversimplified, but when somebody can predict their own death and resurrection and say, hey, I'm going to die and then I'm going to come back alive, uh, and then they pull it off, we just pretty much go with everything that that person says. And so if Jesus really did do all that, in other words, it really for me comes down to, and for Christians in general, it comes down to, did Jesus, is Jesus who he said he is? Because if I believe that Jesus died and he rose from the grave, believing that Jonah was a real person is a lot easier to get over. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So that's why we believe that it is. It's not because, hey, uh, my great, 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 great grandfather mm-hmm. actually knew Moses. It's because that uh, Jesus said, hey, Moses was the one who wrote this. He quotes yeah. from Isaiah. He quotes uh, yeah. about the time of Jonah. He talks about Abraham. He talks over and over about these just different people inside. So that's why we believe the Old Testament. If that's confusing, again, I would go check out those resources asking for a friend, can you trust the Bible? It's good. Are you going to answer my question now? How did you answer Elena's? <laughs> yeah. I bet in line to <laughs> Yeah, what was your question? Not necessarily. How do we know that it's reliable? How do we know the whole thing is reliable? Is yeah. It, if it's, is, it just, is it just like... What do you mean reliable? Like, how, how, can, how can I know that it's reliable today, that what it says today is relevant to me in this day and age? I mean, hasn't it been, you know, repeated or translated so many times that it can't be trusted? Yeah. Um, so if you're asking about like how it was preserved, um, and I, this is like, uh, you got to put thinking caps on. If you really do care about this, there's books and books of stuff that you can go find resources. But um, how do we know that it wasn't changed, if you will? Yeah. Um, because we have so many of the manuscripts. Like It was originally written on something called a manuscript, which is just like essentially the parchment, which is like a paper bag. So you think about like Tom Thumb, paper bag was essentially the same uh, quality or kind of what the parchment would be papyrus was like. They'd write it out and then they would make copies of it and copies of it and copies of it. And we've got thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of manuscripts and copies. And the, they're virtually identical and any of 99% identical and any of the changes that are in within those um, because we have so many copies of it, we know, like it'd be like if, if you had love letters to your wife and your grandkids make copy and copy and copy and everybody hand writes a, a letter like years from now, your grandkids all, they just wanted to keep, you know, Josh's love letters <laughs> and they made copies of them. If one of them made a mistake and you had 10,000 grandkids, if one of them made a mistake, you would go, oh man, they, they changed it. And he says that... Um, Josh's wife's name is Molly. Josh, really, uh, as Josh, I'm, I just, I miss you, golly. You would know, oh, that's a mistake, not just because of the context, but you could look at the other 9,999 and go, and every other one, it says Molly, huh? 
this one grandkid was not the sharpest crown in the box. <laughs> That's what we have with the old or with the New Testament. Yeah. And we've got similar stuff with the Old Testament. I mean, the the amount of riches we have on the Bible, again, not to get like so heady, but just you can trust it. The Da Vinci Code is was a a, a creative idea, but it is a joke of a, a narrative to be true. Nobody actually believes that that's true. Yeah, it's good. Boom. Okay, so now I want to know, I think th- there's things, as we think through our life today, and there's things that are that happened, as I read the Old Testament, there's some pretty like cr- craziness, everything from people like marrying inside of their families that's like different from today, that feels like crazy. And then there's stuff in the New Testament, like w- when I go and like live my life, which one Which one am I operating out of? Is the New Testament, is that the only thing that applies to me today? And, and the Old Testament is just like stories that are fun to read? Or how do I decide what inside of their uh, aligns, what, what do I do when things don't see the same and how do they apply to my life? Okay, let me ask a provocative question. Yes. Ooh, this is about to get good. People. Come on. Okay. Could you today follow the Old Testament law in America? Could I follow the Old Testament law in America? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't, I don't mean like perfectly. I mean like, hey, could you be someone who says like, like legally? Yeah. Okay. Hey, we're going to follow the Old Testament law. Like everything that it's, there's 613 laws. We're going to do them. Or I'm going to seek to. I may not be perfect, but at least... I'm going to live out with the Old Testament. And if I mess up, I'm going to. I'm, I'm thinking if we started making animal sacrifices, we'd probably get PETA, PETA called yeah, yeah, on Yeah, us. I don't think you could. No. Or if I try to marry like my cousin or something, that's, yeah, that's not legal <laughs> anymore. <laughs> no. Or the verse is about like, hey, if there's a, uh, you know, a guy and a girl that end up sleeping together, or a guy's working on the Sabbath, you're going to stone him. Yeah. It's like not, like, not kill, in America. You're murder. not. Yeah. Not here, people. We do not believe in that. Right. And uh, Or my favorite, the one my parents like to remind me of, if you dishonor your parents, you get stoned. They, My parents like to remind me that was in there. Wow, that is intense. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a lot of the Old Testament, here's how we think about the Old Testament. So inside of the Old Testament, which was uh, essentially the, the Bible given to the Jewish people, and there were three categories of the laws that were included in there. There was like ceremonial, which is the sacrifices for sin, that God essentially said the nation, I want you to associate that sin and death come together. Every time there's sin, there has to be a sacrifice. Every time there's sin, and it was all pointing to Jesus because, you know, uh, killing your goat didn't actually take away your sin. It just, it associated that and God said, this is important. And it all pointed to the eventual Jesus being the spotless lamb. So there's the ceremonial law, the civil law, and the moral law. Ceremonial, which is all the sacrificial stuff, don't do that or you will get in trouble with PETA. There's the civil law, which was essentially the uh, political God. There's a new nation on the, on the planet that's being established. And the nation of Israel got freed from slavery. And they're like, we don't know what to do. We've only been slaves. We don't know how to have a society. So God, because he loves them, gives them laws of how to conduct society. And this is like how you should have kings. And this is how the different events that should take place as a nation. Here's kind of the tax system. Here's the, or the tithe system, if you will. And just, again, it was civil. That's specific to the nation of Israel. Ceremonial, specific to the nation of Israel. And then there is the moral law. These would be the timeless things that are still good principles to follow. Not because if you do, if you follow the timeless, this be like the 10 commandments. Following those morals. So you got ceremonial. You guys following me? Yeah. Yep. Got it. Civil, moral. Following the moral won't get you into heaven and breaking the moral won't keep you out, but it is still principles that are helpful and applicable today. It's still not a good idea to covet your neighbor's donkey or to have an affair or to kill somebody. Those are still things that, hey, if you want to have a society that works together, 
not great things to include as a part of the behavior of people. Yeah. But those are the, the principles really inside of the Old Testament that are most applicable to us. Challenge is when you open the Bible, it doesn't say moral. And then this section is civil. And every time there's a law, it doesn't have like parentheses, ceremonial around it. And so those have to be evaluated. I had a seminary professor that would say, you have to really just evaluate one by one and case by case. And again, it's not so that you can have a relationship with God. It's just like, hey, what's the instructions that God has given here that it probably is a good idea for us to apply? So I think people could say, okay, if we're only going to follow the moral part and not the ceremonial and not the civil, like why would God ever tell those people to do those things if yeah. if they, sh- you know, because now we look back and we're like, why would that happen? And we question it. And so like, why would, yeah. why would so God tell us to do ceremonial, that? Ceremonial. I, I'm going to just assume that this will satisfy you enough and we can move to the next one. God wanted to associate every time there is sin, a sacrifice has to be made. Every time there's sin, a sacrifice has to be made. That's why you have to, hey, if you sin this way, you have to sacrifice. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it was pointing towards Jesus. So now that Jesus came, that was done away with. And mm-hmm. let's, let's assume that uh, for the sake of, I don't want to get lost there, but that's why we don't have to do that anymore. Around the civil is because we live in America we don't live in the you know, nation of Israel, 900 BC. That's a theocracy, not a democracy. In other words, the king kind of, hey, there's one religious expression that yep. all people would follow. And, um, and a lot of the instructions that God gave of like, hey, I don't want you to marry foreign people was not because of racism. It was because foreign people worship foreign gods. And God was like, I don't want you to have babies that end up worshiping foreign gods. I mean, think about it today. If you marry somebody who's Catholic, you're going to be like, where are we going to go to church? Are we going here? Are we going to my church? Are you going to your church? What are we going to do? There's that tension that's already there. And that's just within like Protestant and Catholic. Think about mm-hmm. if you marry someone who's Buddhist and you're going to the table every night going, uh, I'm going to pray. Should I pray to Jesus or to Buddha? What should we do? Yeah, yeah. And like that, they, we can yeah. get that tension. So God looked at the nation of Israel and said, I do not want you to marry foreign gods or foreign people because they worship foreign gods and they're not like you. And a lot of the foreign gods practiced child sacrifice. Like there were lots of things where it's like, we are not going to have child sacrifice be a part of, of our nation. So that would be uh, one example of some of the stuff that God said, this is specific to this group. But yeah. keep going. Lean in, girl. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just asking what people might be thinking. No, you know? I think it's a good question. Yeah, sometimes I, I wonder, and I've looked at it, and I remember a time in my life where I thought, man, is the Bible just a giant list of rules? Is that all that is? Is it just like someone says it's God's word and then tells me, here's what you can and can't do. Uh, what would you say? Uh, I, well, that's why I'm asking this, but I would say absolutely not. It's a, like, it's a love story. The Bible as a whole is a love story. That, then why doesn't it read like the notebook, yeah, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's parts of it that maybe do. Go read Ruth, my friends, if you haven't. Uh, you could read that story. And, and um, But yeah, I think there's a misconception that the Bible is entirely just a list of rules of God saying, this is what I want you to do, and this is what you can't do, this is what you can do, and everything has to look a certain way, when really the big picture of the Bible is it's a legitimate love story. It's a God who loves you, who made you on purpose and with a purpose, and wanted to show you that inside of that creation that he has a plan and that he sent his only son to to die for you so that he could be back in a right relationship with you. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. But inside of that, he also uh, does establish some ways in which we can live our lives. That'll be both helpful now on this earth that we live on and then how we can live and uh, um, trust him so that we can someday spend the rest of eternity with him. Yep. So Old Testament written in the nation of Israel yep. still tells us a lot about our world and a lot about God. And there's tons of principles that you can pull out that are still applicable and practical. You don't get into heaven by following it. 
New Testament in light of Jesus is how to live out the Christian faith. That's a high level overview. The way I would explain like the the moral thing, does that make sense? Are you all following me on that? Like why yeah. would those still be applicable, but other rules would not? Right. I think it's just hard for it. Like you said, it doesn't break it out for you and say, hey, by the way, this one's moral, this one's civil, this one's ceremonial. So when people are reading it, they have yeah. to discern that for themselves. And that's when people can get really confused yep. and be like, I don't get why we don't follow that that rule or that law anymore but we still follow the fact that you shouldn't have sex before marriage. Yeah. Like, why do I have to do that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think some of them repeat, some of them show up again in the new Testament and it's kind of like, all right, well uh, let's, let's not even play with the old Testament. Let's just focus on the new yeah. Testament and that could be enough. Yeah. But, um, but one way I would explain it is when I went to high school and I've shared this at the porch before, there were certain rules that I had to follow. I couldn't run in the hallway with scissors. I had to be at, you know, third period on time. I had to park in a certain place. So you couldn't park anywhere. There were just different things that I, I couldn't put certain things in my locker. I had to eat lunch during this time. There were laws that I was underneath. I graduated from my high school. Thank you. I don't want to brag, but I did. <laughs> no big deal. And I'm no longer underneath those laws. Are you guys following me? Yes. Yeah. Those are rules that I no longer have to be at third period on time. There's, there's different things that are no longer applicable, but there are other things that are still relevant. It's still not a good idea for me to run with scissors. Why? Because I'll get a demerit? No, because I could trip <laughs> and stab myself. And so there's still things that men were a part of maybe when I was underneath that law that I'm no longer underneath in the same way, but they're just as applicable today. So it is with the Old Testament. That's why there's a difference between shellfish and eating pig. And believers were like, we can eat all the bacon you want. But there's things that are a part of the moral law where you would say, man, those are definitely transferable. And if that hangs you up, man, focus, eat your heart out on the New Testament and, um, and wrestle with that. And also I think what's cool is some of the Old Testament law that you'll read. It's because God made rules that would help them from like, for instance, not getting sick. Like a lot of the times when they told, he told you don't eat this, it's because you would have gotten sick or Hey, wash your hands before you eat. It's because back then they didn't know that there were germs that you couldn't see and that type of thing. It's, it just, I feel like when we look back in heaven and like one day we're going to be like, Oh, so that's why he told me to not have sex with my boyfriend before marriage. Cause it was going to cause all this stuff or like, that's a, that's a random example, but there's going to be so many things that we realize he only told us that for our own good. Totally. Pretty brilliantly, you know, establishing, you know, pigs are the only animal that doesn't sweat. (laughs) All real people. (laughs) Or maybe only mammal, but man, but bacon is good. I will (laughs) say that. Yeah. What else, Josh? Uh, I mean, I, we wrote down a couple questions here. There, there's one that people could be asking is, did everything inside the Bible literally happen? Like, is it really true? Because you read some of the things, there's some pretty crazy stories inside of there. Did, yeah. is, is, did all that happen? <laughs> yeah. Like, did Jonah really get swallowed Wild by, by a whale? Yeah. Yes or, or a big no. fish. We don't know. But did <laughs> yeah. Jonah actually get swallowed by a whale? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reason, I think we go back to where we started. We would say, yes, we believe that he did because Jesus said that he did. So... Yeah. Yes, all those stories, we've given no indication that, hey, this is metaphor and you need to tame it down. And it really all centers around Jesus. If if he is God who came, lived among us, which everyone agrees, Jesus, there's no historian out there that suggests Jesus didn't live. No question. As Christians, we believe not just that he lived and not just that he died, because everyone also believes that he died, but that he came back alive. And if that's true, it gives validation to everything that he said. And that's why we're like, man, if Jesus said it, I'm with him. Yeah. So. Okay. Last question. And I think I want you to, I, I just want to, I want to ask this. I think you've said it or we have said it throughout this whole thing, but I want you to hear it very clearly. What is the central message of the Bible, David? God loved, God gave. 
God loved you so much that he gave his only son, that whoever trusts in him and not and whatever they do, in other words, whoever trusts in Jesus' payment, his death and resurrection on the cross is a payment for their sin, will have eternal life. Man, from the very beginning, early on in the game, sinned against God and rebelled against him, decided, I want to be God. God responded not with wrath, but with a relentless love and pursuit that ultimately climaxed by sending his son to die in our place. And whoever trusts in him, not whosoever behaves, but whosoever believes, will not perish or will not die ultimately. They'll have eternal life. They'll live forever with him. Boom. 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 Central message of the Bible. Oh, man. All right. There's just so much to cover on this topic that I feel like we only scratched the surface on this Bible topic. If even that. Like, we have barely got there, friends. I mean, it is. Yeah. we, We could keep going. One resource I was thinking about that we have, too, in addition is to the one and asking for a friend is the skeptical series yep. that one we did like back in 2014. So it's kind of older now, but there's so much good um, content in there. So many good messages totally. that will help answer more questions if you're having them. And then also like, I don't know about you guys, but this made me just want to go home and read my Bible. Same. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's pretty awesome that this is real life and we have access to it. So I feel like there might be more Bible podcast in the future come on let's appreciate go. it all right that is it all from us on views from the porch we will see you next time on views from the porch we want to thank you for listening to views from the porch for more information about the porch ministry visit us at the or follow us on social media at the porch